RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you, your own research. Enjoy the show. Boom. Good afternoon, Patriots. And welcome back to another episode of Occam's Razor. Today and every Thursday, I'm joined by Wisconsin's favorite son, the one, the only... Al Keelan, a.k.a. Uncensored Abe. Hope you guys are having a lovely day. Do me a favor. Don't forget to like and share this broadcast on your favorite social media platforms. Big shout out to the boys and girls over there on the Foxhole. Everybody over there on Rumble, Getter, Pure Social, Cloud Hub. Odyssey. Appreciate y'all being here. President Trump issuing a call to arms. Well, it's a metaphorical call to arms. Asking for videos from January 6th. I'm sure plenty of those are out there on the internet. I saw somebody had already sent over the ProPublica archive. That's probably the best evidence that uh, you could send President Trump's way. But... We've got to talk about this and so much more. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we will be right back after this. So tell me this. Did you know you can earn hundreds of thousands of dollars investing in crypto? But the best part is you don't have to pay capital gains taxes on those gains. Open a Roth crypto IRA right now with my digital money and take advantage of it today. You only pay based on your contribution and pay nothing on capital gains. So if Ethereum or Chainlink doubles or Bitcoin has another surge, you could be doubling your investments. My Digital Money's U.S.-based phone support is always ready to answer your questions. And you know what's better? They'll give you a free $50 credit if you fund your My Digital Money crypto IRA account with at least $1,000. No capital gains tax, massive gains. Go right now to MyDigitalMoney.com. Once again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, welcome. Oh, good Lord, that's not how it's supposed to look. Hold on just a second. Everything, my computer really, really took a dump on me yesterday, guys. Let me tell you all about it here when I bring my good friend Abe in. So before Abe and I really get into the meat of everything, I want to let everybody know that today at 3.30 p.m., I'm going to be appearing on The Common Sense Show, which is broadcast every single uh, day on the Patriot Soapbox. You guys can find me there speaking with uh, Derek Vance. He's a good guy, and uh, he has uh, a wonderful show. I was supposed to be there yesterday, and that's why I want to make sure everybody shows up today to see us having our conversation, because I had my computer go down. I lost a bunch of uh, really important stuff, and as a result... um, 
it uh, kind of screwed me, and I forgot that I was supposed to be on the show because I was so preoccupied with this. So, Abe, why don't you tell us how you're doing today? Uh, another day, another another uh, interesting uh, time to be alive, for sure. Coming off of uh, Nashville and Threadfest, I uh, got um, Patel Patriot coming on the show tonight to kind of give us his uh, summary of the experience. Uh, got to talk to Al. She was on the show yesterday. Got to hear from her experience, her time, first time giving a, a public speech. That was a really important speech. So if you haven't seen uh, Elle's show last night, she redid her speech last night um, in the show. And it's such an important discussion. Uh, you know, John Paul Rice and I had a discussion about uh, tech, uh, uh, technocracies and transhumanism in a technocracy. It was a really great discussion a while, a while back. And that's kind of like the future of where they want to take us. And that's why you're seeing so many interesting things happening. So a really great time in Nashville. Got to hug Brian Cates, uh, got to meet Just Human and a lot of great pictures out there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that uh, this evening. I want to say hello to everyone out there. Boston Mass is in the house. Uh, Hang 10 Alien Surfer, man. A great crowd over there on Foxhole today. Thanks, guys, for being here today. Diane Bourdain and uh, Hang 10 Alien Surfer, George Nada, uh, Video Demon, uh, Red Pill uh, 2017, Liberty Bells out there hanging out. Kaori, good to see you. Uh, Poon Slayer, Warrior Mimo, just a great crowd. I can't, I can't even catch up with them all over there on the Foxhole app. Thanks for being here today, guys. And then over there on uh, Rumble, I see all you guys over there as well. Debbie and many others, Silly Boar, uh, Live for Your Die, dropping us, uh, dropping you 17 bucks. Thanks. Hi, Zach and Abe. Thanks for all you guys do. Thanks for joining us here today. God bless you. Thank you for that. I'm sure Zach really, really appreciates that. Definitely. And then also, yes, I will have, I saw a question out there. We'll have uh, uh, Patel Patriot on. He'll, he'll join us right at the top of the hour tonight, four o'clock central for a quick discussion and a summary of uh, how, how his experience in Nashville was. So good to see you guys out there today. Back at you, Ripple. All right. So, yeah, I saw that picture of you and Brian Cates together uh, yesterday. Brian's actually going to be on the show on the 14th. So he sent that over as his potential headshot for the uh, the thumbnail. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Looked like you guys had a great time. I saw you taking pictures with uh, with everybody. I understand that you met the uh, future governor of Michigan. Uh, obviously, the election in Michigan this year is extremely important because we had so many issues with election integrity and uh, the voters being disenfranchised. You know, and incidentally, I have a story specifically related to that, uh, because, you know, what do the Democrats always say, Abe? If you question the results of the election, then for some reason, they seem to think that that you must be a terrorist or uh, you must be anti-American or something like that. But the truth of the matter is that, it's just that we're not allowed to question the election. We're the ones who are not allowed uh, the benefits of checks and balances, because when you look at what they've done in Michigan, top Michigan Democrats consistently question the outcome of elections that favor Republicans. They have no problem going to court for their own sake. But when it comes to our sake and the future of uh, our place in politics, be it in Michigan or any other state, we consistently get shot down. Thank you very much again to live free or die, seventeen seventy six. So, um, so Abe, I want to I want to hear about uh, your, uh, your your meeting with uh, Donna Brandenburg. W- what was your take on her? <laughs> she's a she's a fighter, man. She's a she's a mama bear. She's exactly what Michigan needs to help fix uh, the corruption that has been destroying Michigan for too long. It's part of the reason why my family left Michigan is because uh, the leadership in Detroit and in the state in general has been. Um, Nothing less of uh, of treasonous, honestly. It's just terrible. Um, it's funny because, you know, we were kind of joking. I was like, um, you know, there's, the left kind of looks at each other and, and says, uh, vaxxed or not vaxxed. 
I got to look at somebody that's that's like that who, who has potential of going into a position of power and say, look, uh, full disclosure, I'm a domestic terrorist. Um, she goes, I am too. <laughs> so, so that nice gives you attitude. an idea. I like it. You know, she's a she's a fighter. She's a strong woman. She has several businesses, and she's not afraid to to get her hands dirty. So, um, a, a true patriot, as far as I could tell. I mean, you you know, you, you meet someone quickly, but you can just kind of get a good feel about them. Um, and she has been in in the in the seeking truth movement for a long time. Has also been chastised for daring to think outside the box, and that's really what it's about, isn't it? It's about um, authoritarian control of thought of free will. You they they can't have. In order for a communist-style government to be successful, you cannot have free thinkers. Look at the history of the world's scientists. Uh, Schrodinger, for me, because I'm a Polak, is somebody who I always respected in the way he thinks. And his philosophies of a cat-in-the-box philosophy is a summary of what's happening in freaking D.C. right now, to be completely honest. Um, the The intellectual laziness of these people in order to get there are an example of why they want to put everybody there <laughs> you know, that way they can feel better about themselves, about the way they think about the world and not feel so uh, down and, and uh, you know, uh, depressed about the way that they see the world. Um, so therefore they project their own insecurities onto others. And thus that ends in the control of thought and the rest of others, the ministry of truth. Now a new thing in America who we, we talked about this four years ago, Zach. Yeah. Everyone yeah laughed I, at us. I did a show about it yesterday, you know, and, you know, the idea of Schrodinger's cat, that's an excellent metaphor for what's happening here. You know, to me, that cat is always in the box. It doesn't matter if you can see it or not. If you see the cat go in the box, it's there. You know, it's been put there. And the same thing with election fraud. Just because they don't investigate election fraud, just because they refuse to admit that it's actually happening because it benefits them, doesn't mean that election fraud doesn't exist. And the idea of what they're doing right now with this new Department of Homeland Security organization that is literally going to be the Ministry of Truth, they're going to be stifling free speech, they're going to be attempting to stifle dissent, they can label anything they want as Russian disinformation or as harmful misinformation, and then they can go after that speech, go after that individual. And I want to I want to use this as an opportunity to kind of parlay the conversation into Elon Musk, because I see there is this like existential argument, you know, like, I mean, is Elon Musk a good guy? Is he a bad guy? You know, should we trust Elon Musk? Too many people are trusting Elon Musk. And let me tell you this, guys. I think that we must develop the ability, if you don't already, to separate the man from the action, okay? Elon Musk, probably a cokehead, had a hilarious joke yesterday about buying Coca-Cola so he could put cocaine back into it. I can laugh at that, okay? Obviously a joke. But Elon Musk in his personal life, he probably does some things that I don't agree with. Elon Musk married that weirdo uh, musician, Grimes, had a kid with her, okay? So, you know, that's his business. That's not my business. Okay, Elon Musk is a transhumanist. Obviously, we don't stand in alignment with that. But what Elon Musk is doing to Twitter right now is essentially destroying the de facto propaganda arm of the federal government. And the creation of this new DHS governing body on disinformation is a direct response to what Elon Musk is doing. So pick it apart. Elon Musk, personally, not our guy, okay? Probably not somebody we want to hang out with. Certainly not somebody I would want to let put a chip in my brain. But Elon Musk, what he's doing to Twitter, I love it. I absolutely love it. 
And if we stop short of deifying somebody because of one or two things they do or trying to figure out whether or not we should like start following their tweets and decoding them, because I definitely don't think that's what we should be doing. If we can separate those actions from the one action of what he's doing to Twitter, we can appreciate what he's done to Twitter. We can appreciate the ramifications that has upon the deep state propaganda system that's been in place for so long. And we can absolutely love the fact that he's doing what, frankly, we all thought Donald Trump was going to do. Donald Trump didn't or couldn't do it. The richest man in the world did it. (laughs) Okay, Elon Musk, this guy who wants to put microchips in people's brains, he's the one who did it. So does Elon Musk deserve for us to, to fawn over him? And to start acting like, you know, he's on our team and he's a white hat and we need to absolutely follow everything he does? Absolutely not. But we should and we can appreciate this one thing because I think it's monumental. The The importance can't be overstated to me. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it's interesting when you get asked questions and how you get asked them. And, and, you know, when you go to events this time, I wasn't standing behind you. So people didn't just ignore me like, oh, usual. no way, dude. No, people know who you are. <laughs> Oh, come on, Abe. I'll never forget. I was standing by him and nobody saw me, man. Everyone's like, no. hey, there's that. That can't actually, be true. I feel it, horrible. No, I'm, te- I'm teasing. Um, but you get asked interesting questions by people. And and so it, it often brings a stream of consciousness out that you maybe not expect sometimes. Um, and so I was asked a question about Elon. And I said, well, first of all, he's a he's a, an avowed socialist at his core. So that tells you who he who, who how he sees the world in that aspect. Number two, Elon understands something very important about artificial intelligence. And that is that artificial intelligence is based on our data. Our information is being used to improve artificial intelligence. That's why our data is so important to these people. That's why they will never give up and go back to the Fourth Amendment of illegal search and seizure of all of our data and the rest. The foundation of what Elon is trying to do is create that neural link trip uh, chip and also to uh, to fix the AI from the five-year-old level that it is right now. Some, some most think if you follow AI and, and the processing level of it, it's, they think it's about the level of a fifth grader, fourth grader, maybe. Um, but in order to, he understands that in order for artificial intelligence to be, go to the max ability that it can, free speech is a must because the data that comes from that free speech, mm-hmm. the, the allowing the public debate will improve artificial intelligence, which will make it easier for transhumanism to become a thing in America, or actually, I should say, possible in any way for it to happen. And so if you allow that here in America first, then you can beat the race of artificial intelligence over China. And that's really what the bigger picture of it all. The problem is, is he has the ties to China. So, yeah. Well, so, you know, here's the thing. I mean, uh, artificial intelligence is an inevitability. Okay. Somebody is going to create an artificial intelligence. Do we want it to be Xi Jinping? Okay. Do we want it to be some, you know, Pol Pot type, uh, you know, uh, an authoritarian dictator? Or do we want it to be done by people who value the same things that we do at a base level, okay? It doesn't have to be 100%. We don't have to have artificial intelligence that believes in God. That'll probably be a real, uh, you know, ringer for uh, a computer to figure out what happens after you die. But 
Elon Musk understands that this is an inevitability. It's going to happen. So you can either allow somebody else to do it, somebody who is going to create something that's far more dangerous uh, than uh, than you know than what Elon Musk might, or Elon Musk, I believe, decided to put all of his efforts and research into it so that he could help create the best possible outcome because it's happening whether we want it or not. All right. And somebody's going to put chips in somebody else's brain before, uh, you know, too long. Uh, it, it, it's something that we are not going to be able to control. The only thing we can control is how we react and how we live our lives. All right. So for me, I will never get a microchip in my brain. I would imagine for everybody else here, you'll probably never get a microchip in your brain either. I will never allow artificial intelligence to decide what I should eat, how I should think, what I should say, or how I should feel. In a manner of speaking, we've already had that on Twitter. The people on Twitter were being fed information, were being fed content, and were having their content distributed based upon the algorithm, which is, you know, a form of, uh, you know, minimized uh, artificial intelligence. And perhaps there's even more going on there than we might know. But Elon Musk is essentially opening the floodgates back up and allowing the people to use the platform so that they can communicate freely and so that things that are being built outside of it can use that as an example of what to do and how to think and uh, what is permissible. So how are they going to learn? How is any you know computer uh, machine learning algorithm or how is any artificial intelligence going to learn if the only thing they see on Twitter is Trump bad orange man mean tweets? OK, uh, it's going to be insane. We're talking about uh, an artificial intelligence with like borderline personality disorder or it's it's going to start doing TikTok DID challenges or something <laughs> like that. And we don't want that. All right. We don't want that. Okay, You know, sometimes you have to you have to choose the lesser of two evils on this. And I think that Elon Musk destroying the deep state's ability to use Twitter as a means of control can only be a good thing. I also don't think that the I don't think the government would be going after him uh, unless they didn't like what he was doing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I feel like this is a very, very important lesson for us as a movement to learn. I was talking with Lisa last night about all of these different factions in the conservative movement, okay? You've got, like, you know, super hardline, you know, ultra-nationalist, you know, racial purity people, you know, uh, as far on the right as you can possibly go. You've got, you know, libertarians basically in the middle. Uh, You've got, uh, you know, naive boomers, and I'm I'm not calling anybody here boomers, but I'm saying that people who just, you know, they just want to live, they're they're a little bit older, and uh, they're not particularly involved or invested in all of the minutiae of, like, the different sects of conservatism, um, you know, and there are so many more. All right. And so often people are like, I don't like this guy because, you know, maybe he agrees with me on this, but he doesn't agree with me on that. And so therefore I don't align with him on everything. And so I can't even, you know, appreciate any good things that might be done. And, and, and I keep saying this because the left doesn't have this problem. They don't care what the other people on the left believe or don't believe that doesn't align with what they feel on the inside. All they care about is that by aligning with people who align against us, they can destroy, they can control, they can they can essentially write the future, okay? And that's what they've been doing, and that's why they were so successful for so many years, 
And I think that people need to get over themselves at a certain point because there are going to be times when we have to align politically with people we do not agree with philosophically. And that's the foundation of the debate that we've been trying to bring back as a, as a larger part of our community. And hopefully the rest of the different factions will, will continue on that aspect, you know, stifling debate and, and high school clicks are not the way to go. Um, the, the best part about our movement is we're full of free thinkers. The hardest part about that is we're all free thinkers. It's hard. Everyone yeah. has their own kind of ideas and, and descriptions and ways of looking at the world. And, and it's not always the way you, you align in seeing the world, but that's okay. The bigger picture is we stay on mission, stay focused on what's important. And what's important is the radical left is exposing themselves for who they really are on a very deep level in this country right now. The, 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 what I see in this is they really want, they really have to stifle free speech. And now they're just flat out saying it. The founders of this country came to this country, created this country and created the first amendment as the first amendment for a reason, because they understood very deeply that without the First Amendment and free speech rights and religious freedom, you do not have a free peoples Boom. that can live under that. That's the foundation of where we're at. Secondarily, I'll we'll move off of this. The idolization of people has been very purposeful. We did studies on this, not studies, but we did kind of research on, on how um, society su- suddenly became idolizers of people. And that is a very purposeful part of their agenda. And that is to allow people to look at uh, celebrities or, or rock stars or, or sports uh, celebrities as, as idols of their world. Yep. When you remove God as the idol of your world, Boom. you have something very much that you can control in people. Yeah, stop idolizing people. You know, they, like all we need to do is keep that relationship good. Be the people that we need to be here on planet Earth and continue to move forward and fight for those freedoms. Now, just a couple of quick things, and we'll move away from uh, Elon Musk. Already since his purchase, a Twitter employee has leaked an internal Slack channel that confirms, well, reconfirms, that shadow banning is real. Okay? That's a good thing. Absolutely love it. Uh, we also have all of the bots that have been removed from Twitter. Uh, I think that e- e- Obama lost 300,000 followers, uh, you know, and, and uh, Katy Perry lost 200,000 followers. These are all of the artificial means by which the deep state has told you that you should be idolizing these people. You, Oh, Obama has so many followers. He knows what he's talking about. We should be paying attention to him. Katy Perry, she's an MKUltra mind control victim, but hey, we should be paying attention to what she's saying. She has so many people following her. And then they have the artificial engagement, the likes, the retweets, the comments that don't mean anything at all. People see those things. Look, how many times have you looked at a tweet, okay, and said, oh my God, 10,000 likes, 4,400 retweets, 10,000 comments. Wow. Conversation's really hot and heavy around this topic. I should pay attention to it. Okay. All right. Everybody's guilty of it because they already, they know how to do this. They have developed this as a means of controlling what you think and what you pay attention to. So just be aware of it and you can let it go. Okay. Doesn't need it. You do not need to have this in your life, but. The left believes they need to have it in their life. They are firmly addicted to this stuff. And so watching them meltdown is absolutely delicious. Okay, I want to switch gears now. We got to talk about January 6th. 
President Trump's lawyer is putting out a call to anybody out there who might have footage of January 6th and what happened. I've already sent over a video myself of the police waving the uh, Patriots into the Capitol. There are so many of them. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, Matrix and Shady that sent over the ProPublica archive of all of those videos. And I know that there have got to be dozens of people watching right now that have their own videos that maybe they haven't published because they just didn't feel comfortable doing so. I know I've got videos that I never published, but you know I've, I've just got a ton of video from that day. Uh, and I'm going to be sending it all over to President Trump. You have no idea. You never know when something in that footage is going to show something that President Trump or his legal team needs to be able to prove that, you know, they did nothing wrong or more specifically that there were agitators and there were feds in that crowd that were doing things to incite people. You know, the control of the masses, Abe, this is something the government understands to know to how to do so well. You know, whether it's in person, what they were doing to herd the masses on January 6th, sending them to the Capitol, telling them that they needed to go inside, uh, asking for a call to violence on that day, uh, actually creating violence, the feds and the Antifa uh, uh, infiltrators that were in that crowd, uh, or what they do on, to people on social media. It's all the same thing. It's just a different type of manipulation. It's on a different platform. The fact that there was no um, visible presence uh, as a deterrent, because when you're dealing with with law-abiding citizens like patriots are, as opposed to the Antifa types that are out there who could care less about that and just get away with it anyway, because that's how things work in America these days now, I suppose. Um, If they would have had... A an actual barrier set up with a visible presence, you know, a riot police, even if they needed to be on a time at a time when, you know, there uh, there are secret service agents in the Capitol because there are high level, uh, you know, chain of command issues that are that are happening at the Capitol at the same time too, right? So, just the foundation of the argument here is for me for President Trump's team is less about the videos because there's plenty of proof out there of all the agitators. In fact, I was walking along calling them out as I was doing my video. And there's an agitator right there. See it? There's another one right there. Oh, look, yep. look at this guy here with the freaking uh, vest on and shit. You know, it was, it was obvious who the agitators were and what their goal was. And they were given orders from people hmm, who, who gave them those orders. Who, who was the ones that, that, that coordinated that? The, that's the truth of January 6th that they cannot allow to get out. Now, that it's concerning to me. My wife couldn't sleep last night because um, there's a they're telling us who they are. They're telling us that they can't allow free speech to exist, and they're telling us that they're going to punish people who dared speak out against a fraudulent election, and then and then pushing it to the point of not allowing people to question that. How far are these people going to take it? They have to shut us up in order to win an election. They cannot right. allow free speech to exist. So who knows? They're using this as a fear tactic to try to stop us. And, the, you know, it's not going to happen. So <laughs> worlds collide at some point. The question is, is where does it collide? So I see this on an angle of why is Trump asking for video now? That's concerning to me. I'm hearing June time frame is going to be interesting with regards to all of this because it's going to lead into the election and they're going to use this as a insurrectionist and oh, domestic course. terrorist agenda. So that's where I'm, that's kind of where I'm the angle that I see it at anyway. 
I, I I tend to think that they're going to either use this for some type of a court case or they're going to create their own campaign video showing the coordination uh, and how or show how patriots were, were peaceful on January 6th uh, and uh, and then how the police invited them in. You know, yeah, some people did some stupid things, you know, some people did something. Um, but <laughs> uh, but there's a whole other side to it. And if we allow them to control the lines of communication, obviously there's only one side that people are going to see. Now, I, uh, Truth Rules over there on um, on Getter said, Elon is a Trojan horse. E- okay, so Elon, by purchasing Twitter, has exposed the deep state and their need to control every level of speech in America. Okay, we knew about it before, but it wasn't as overt as it is now. They have directly freaked out in response to someone purchasing Twitter. You've got Elizabeth Warren now saying, oh, Elon Musk can't own Twitter. What about when Jack Dorsey owned Twitter? What about when Mark Zuckerberg owned Facebook? Uh, what about when uh, Sergey Brin owned Google? Uh, you know, there there was never a conversation about it until we get to this guy. Suddenly, it's a problem. Uh, and we have these examples in the real world, now that they don't have Twitter to control, they have to create this DHS uh, Department of, of Disinformation. Elon Musk has done good things. You can appreciate those things. He doesn't have to be a Trojan horse. Don't deify the man, okay? Don't turn him into something that, uh, that, you, that you're going to be worshiping, okay? If that happens, then yeah, you're in a bad spot, all right? I think that too many people even deify President Trump, you know, President Trump has done wonderful things, but there are also people out there who say, oh, you know, grab him by the pussy. I can't like Trump because he said grab him by the pussy, you know, and I mean, like, OK, well, you know, same same thing with the um, the, the Operation Warp Speed argument. OK, everything Trump did is moot because he created Operation Warp Speed. I can't follow anything that has anything to do with Trump. Well, God, that's remarkably short sighted. And you're probably going to get beat if that's your attitude, if that's the way that you look at these things. The world is full of nuance. People do and say things all the time. If every single person in America was judged by a single moment in time, we would all be exposed. Because I guarantee you, you've made decisions in your life that you probably regret, that you don't really necessarily want immortalized on the mainstream news every single night. And uh, and you wish that, you know, people would judge you for your, the totality of who you are as a person. All right. And, and I think that people forget to do that. We have this TikTok. <laughs> I don't know, this TikTok world that we live in. People have a six second memory span. All right. They just go from the next talking point to the next talking point. And there is so much in between. And if you forget that, you're going to lose the narrative. I would compare it to this. Um Bay of Pig scenario for those of you that are out there that have this kind of different view of of Trump on this aspect and the vaccines and stuff like that. I'm, I'm starting to now that I've been to so many of these events, I can start to kind of see kind of where this this thinking comes from. President Kennedy was presented with a intelligence list of of things that were happening with regards to Cuba and with regards to uh, uh, Turkey and other places around the, the world and, and, and presented with intelligence pictures um, proof that a U two was shot down. All, all these different things was presented and, and it was, it was put into a place where it was almost like it was a movie as if it was presented to him with a narrative. 
Now put yourself in President Trump's shoes. Senior advisors walk into your office and tell you there is a a release of a pathogen from a lab. It's a bioweapon, sir. It's a bioweapon. Probably what they actually told him what it was that that has been released into the public. And we have very few options to do this. One of the best options is we can try to vaccinate the, the public. And if you don't go along with this, then you're going to be the one that's responsible for the, for the murders of millions and millions of people. So your legacy will be destroyed. President yeah. Trump. It's, it's very easy for us to sit there on a Monday, Monday afternoon quarterback and off our couch and say, why did Trump do this? What it's the same things when under Dick Cheney, it's the same things under uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, Rumsfeld, for instance, like you can go to all kinds of perspectives of presentations of our intelligence agencies, assessments of certain, certain things and how it's how, how it has manipulated government and world events for a long time. That's a different discussion. Now, placing everything into Trump is responsible for all the good that has ever happened. And Trump is responsible for all the bad has ever happened is a very intellectually dishonest way of looking at president Trump. He, there is much more around the decision-making, the things that happen around president Trump than just president Trump. It's he, he it's, it's the, the, the thankless thing of a leader, right? You get all of the credit and you also get all of the blame. Yep. Yeah, there's a there's a lot that we have to consider here, guys. And uh, this is a very, very complicated story. There's so many moving pieces and the people we're fighting against are masters of manipulation. Okay, they have had decades, lifetimes to hone their skills and to figure out how to control us and how best to break us up and stop us from coming together. You know, it take, for example, right here, Uh, there were all kinds of warning signs of what was going to happen leading up to the uh, to the election in 2020. And despite all of that, uh, they were successful. <laughs> despite telling us their plan, telegraphing everything, uh, you know, from the beginning, they knew exactly how they were going to do this, and they laid it out perfectly. Now, that's either because people weren't paying attention or people couldn't come together, people couldn't agree on how best to fight it, uh, or it's just that, uh, you know, people believe that everything was going to be OK. I think it's a mixture of both. Uh, but these our enemies are constantly telegraphing their moves to us. And I think they understand that a lot of people have a difficult time understanding or believing that it's possible that they could be telling us exactly what they're going to do. I think a lot of a lot of people in this movement understand that, Abe. But I'm talking about the entirety of the country. I need to interrupt real quick. Go ahead. Um, unfortunately on rumble, you do not have the ability to moderate the chat over there. So I will just address this very directly as I can, Mr. Mike church. That is the most ignorant, small minded, dumb thing. Anybody could do. If you think you're badass, can get behind a microphone and stop, stop typing and go to your, go to your local, uh, state's capital and take up arms against the government. You might be the dumbest person alive. This is what they are trying to do. They are trying to push us into this. So to me, Mr. Mike Church, you're an obvious operative who is trying to incite a crowd that you think is simple-minded morons, dumb enough to want to invite the United Nations on the U.S. soil to quell an uprising on this, on this, in this country. We are not dumb enough, anybody in this movement, to think that we can take up arms against our government to solve this problem. That has never been anything about what any part of this movement has ever been, and you should go find your, your door ex- exit stage left and go find somebody else who's dumb enough to follow you.
Yeah, uh, Fed posting like that, Mike, you're not going to find anybody here who's uh, sympathetic. Uh, And this is why I have for a very long time, and I'm sure Abe is right there with me, we have urged people to actually take part in this system. You know, I think the reason they were able to take the the power away from the people uh, is because, you know, we simply believed that other people were going to fix the problems that they were creating. Politicians suddenly are going to turn around and do something different. Well, that's obviously not ever going to happen. The only way that'll happen is if we become the politicians, if we take over the Republican Party, a peaceful revolution here in America. You know, things were far, far different back uh, in, uh, uh, you know, in the Revolutionary War. Okay, Uh, it was a different time. Uh, The government we were fighting against was on another continent. Yeah, there were soldiers here, but it was a different scenario altogether. In today's America, there's absolutely no need for us to go up in a physical, violent force against the government that really we don't want to end. Okay, we want to keep America. We want to keep the republic. We want to preserve that republic. We simply want to replace the bad actors that have taken over our government from the inside. And how do you know? How do you know who you're supposed to go after, Mike? You know, I mean, like, there's a lot of people in the federal government. You know, it's simply not feasible. Uh, And, you know, I think that this is one of the reasons why President Trump played out his administration the way that he did. Uh, You know, we had what was essentially a bloodless revolution when, when President Trump was elected. A revolution because he was never supposed to be elected from the point of view of the deep state, from the point of view of those people who have been actively working to destroy our country and to take away all of our rights, everything that is is, is sacrosanct here in America. And President Trump successfully got in peacefully. Okay, he did a lot of good while he was there. I think we on the outside did a lot of good. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough because not enough people woke up. Not enough people took up the mental arms that it took to take on the deep state. And the fact that Joe Biden was ushered in in 2020 was a bit of a spark to that powder keg, that uh, that that um, uh, cognitive powder keg. People needed to realize that it was only through their own individual actions locally that that was how we were going to save America. This is a job that is too big for one man. No matter how rich, no matter how powerful Donald Trump might be, okay, it couldn't be done with him and him alone. It had to be done with us out here on the outside, okay? And we need to work our way onto the inside. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're doing right here in 2022. Look at all of the articles that are written by Media Matters and the mainstream media. You know, dangerous reactionaries being elected into Congress. Oh my God, they're going to get into office and they're going to they're going to get rid of all these bad laws. They're going to cut taxes and they're going to empower the uh, actual American people that they're supposed to be representing. They're going to preserve free speech. They're going to preserve freedom of religion. They're going to allow people to keep their guns. My Second Amendment is used to protect myself and my family and for some target shooting, okay? But, you know, you're not going to find people here who are uh, going to align with you on actually taking up arms against the government. They will get you so quickly and so fast. If you think that the feds aren't watching this show, you got another thing coming. So, Mike, I hope you're using a VPN. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, uh, you guys, you you need to understand who you're dealing with. 
You know, the first, the first thing you need to understand is understanding your enemy. It's the foundation of, of, of what we're doing. And I got asked on my show a while back to find the enemy by somebody who, you know, was obviously trying to, to, to push some buttons and stuff. And I said, oh, that's, a, that's a good question. You know, how, would, how do you define the enemy? I don't define Democrats as my enemy. I define Marxist, communist, globalist as my enemy. That go. is who the enemy is. And they are the enemy in all aspects of the term because they want us dead. Right. This is the, this is, you understand who you're dealing with. They want us dead. They, in no uncertain terms of it, this is the authoritarian mindset of the Marxist left. You have to understand who you're dealing with. If you've, if you've read the playbooks of, of their agenda from Bill Ayers to Weather Other Ground to all, all the, it, they, they are the domestic, the original domestic terrorists. And that's true. why they're projecting it on us. So, I mean, it's, that's the foundation of understanding. And so then you have to get into their mindset of how far they are willing to take this stuff. And the, and they are willing to take it in dirty political tricks. That's what they didn't Hillary Clinton call the, the Trump Russia thing, just a, a dirty political trick to try to, you know, for, for election purposes, it was not, it's just dirty political tricks. Well, uh, if, if yeah. anybody understands dirty political tricks, it's Hillary Clinton, you know, uh, yeah. that's the pure projection, you know? So here's the thing. <clears throat> I think that they want us to take arms against them. All right. Imagine the optics, Abe, even to people on the left, if the federal government just went out in the streets and started uh, arresting conservatives and started putting people in concentration camps, even people on the left, you know, people that are more, you know, just left of center, they would be like, oh, hold on, hold on. You know, I mean, like, this is still America. I don't know that I want to take part in this. And then they'd have to start arresting them, too. Then how many people would be left? You know, I think obviously uh, they're interested in depopulation, thinning that herd. I think that's what we saw during the the, the COVID scamdemic. But the optics of actually taking us out in in a hot firefight would be really devastating, not only for a, a, a good portion of the population here, but I think globally, uh, the status of America would be reduced even further. And imagine the optics if a whole bunch of Trump supporters stormed the Capitol, okay? That's on January 6th, people went inside the Capitol, didn't even storm it. They were allowed inside and look what they turned it into. If people actually took up arms against the government, imagine the coverage on CNN and MSNBC, CNN's ratings would go through the roof again. All right? And we certainly don't want that. Uh and uh and they would use it. Look at the way they tried to use the entrapment of those dudes in Michigan with Governor Whitmer. Okay. Look at the 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 kangaroo court in Washington D.C. for the people they've charged in January sixth. This is exactly what they want us to do. We must maintain the moral high ground because that's the only way we're going to be able to win this fight. If they can turn to us, point at us, and say these people are dangerous, they've just given us a reason to take them out. They'll absolutely go for it. Okay. But I'm not giving anybody a reason to take me out. You know, but, you know, step through my front door and fuck around and find out, you know, I mean. right. <laughs> the future, the future of of this movement. I mean, this what, part of the bigger picture of this is people don't see the, the bigger picture of this movement. This this movement started in 2007 as part of the Tea Party. President Trump gave, gave a Tea Party speech in 2013. 13 or 2011 i it's west palm beach it's it's very hard to find in fact they pretty much nuked it off the internet 
But the foundation of this movement is something that has been happening for a very long time. Any kind of violence sets back decades of, of progress, number one. Number two, it is the official destruction of our Constitution. They used 9-11 to destroy the Fourth Amendment in this country. They will use any kind of armed insurrection as part of this movement or any movement whatsoever as the destruction of the First Amendment and our Constitution forever. Yeah. So <clears throat> keep your eyes open, guys. Keep a cool head. There's a lot of fighting we can do without actually digging trenches, okay? And that's what we need to do. Let, let's let's uh, uh, move on, because I, I'm going to make sure we talk about Wisconsin, because obviously, Abe, this is uh, very near and dear to your heart. And I think that Wisconsin represents a seminal moment for the country in our fight against election fraud. Let me just say, second half of the show brought to you by preparewithredpill78.com. Uh, obviously, uh, we are looking at food shortages. This is a foregone conclusion. It's going to happen. You must make sure that you have the ability to grow your own food and to purify your own water and barring that if you have emergency stock food on hand then you can eat no matter what happens uh the food at uh, prepare with redpill78.com lasts for 25 years you can get $150 off a three-month supply of emergency food right now. The link is in the description below. Go to preparewithredpill78.com and thank you very much for indulging me there. Uh but right now we are still watching the election fraud investigation play out in Wisconsin, Abe. Uh, it was announced yesterday that uh, Voss, um, you know, probably at the insistence of President Trump, knowing that uh, he is going to have a difficult time getting elected if he doesn't at least play out some optics on this, uh, that uh, he extended the the uh, investigation. He allowed Michael Gableman to continue on. He's basically taking the same salary but working for longer. So Gableman is basically uh, agreeing to work for free. Now, what is disgusting to me uh, is it's clear that Robin Voss doesn't really want this investigation to go as far as it needs to, because we have subpoenas that have not been um, complied with. So it's only natural to me. It makes sense. It's logical to keep the investigation open and can, to keep it going, because how can you finalize a report? How can you finalize anything if you don't have all the information that you need to make that judgment call on, on what exactly happened? We have a lot of evidence. But we don't have everything that we need to to, uh, you know, get Robin Voss to relent and, and agree to at least uh, have a vote on whether or not to call, recall those electors. And he is sticking Janelle Branchin with the the legal bill uh, for the investigation into the state election commission. Janelle Branchin, if it wasn't for her, as far as I'm concerned, we wouldn't be where we are. We wouldn't have the evidence that we have from these homes, from these nursing homes and from these care homes where the people were clearly manipulated into voting. You know, so what the hell's going on there? There's many different angles of, of, of power struggle. <laughs> it's kind of a microcosm of the world, really, when you look at it. It's you got the Republican Party of Wisconsin, who is in deep with um, the kind of establishment Republicans here in Wisconsin, the Vosses, the Walkers, the, the you know, the, the whole the, the Clayfish, the, the whole kind of establishment of uh, you're up next. You know, <laughs> uh, that's the way that they've always done things in, in not just this state, but many other states on Democrat and Republican side of the House. So you're kind of seeing the uprising of of grassroots kind of put a wrench into that. And that's that's why you're really seeing some different things happening. I think if we wasn't for the grassroots, and I'm just, I'm not part of, these grassroots have been here for a long time. I'm 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 new Wisconsinite, so I'm not I'm not concluding myself in this. I'm saying the grassroots that are here that are really making the change, that are really doing the grassroots work, the you know the knuckle uh, dragon work, the, the 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 hard part of of what has to happen on the grassroots level, getting the signatures, you know, knocking on doors, all of those things. 
that that foundation of the Tea Party is is putting a wrench into the Republican establishment in this party. And it's going to make a change. Once we get Timothy Ramthune here as a governor, we're finally going to have a true Patriot, somebody who's not up next um, to run. So you're, that's part of what you're seeing. Voss is very involved in trying to appease the Patriots because he knows that uh, he can't get his future power structure into place without fixed elections. <laughs> so yep, yep. I mean, it's the truth. They, you know, they can't themselves keep the power of of their of their designatees, right? Um, and therefore, the scratchbacks can scratch my back, you scratch yours, and so forth can continue to happen. Uh, that's kind of what the bigger part of it. Now, the legal part of this stuff is interesting too, because from what I understand, and again, you know, these people know it way better than I do. Uh, hot, hot government and places like that who are really involved at the grassroots level. Um, but from what I understand, the special counsel has to have the authority of the state legislature to pro- to go after legal, um, criminal, civil, any kind of, you know, any kind of angle of, of uh, legality against officials in the state, including the Wisconsin Elections Commission. So <laughs> I think he may have, uh, you know, stepped in it a little bit by going after the Wisconsin Elections Commission and the lawyers in this state are they, they know the law very good. They're able to manipulate the law, manipulate lawyers. So they were able to spin it in a way that, uh, you know, um, probably may have been may have risked any kind of ability to get a actual legal outcome in this state. So that that's what we were worried about from the beginning. And that's why we were looking for proof of Gableman's contract and giving us the public the ability to read the contract and understand what his guidance is. Does he have expanded authority now based on the legislature? Does he not have expanded authority? Is he, does he have the legal ability to issue subpoenas to people like the governor or the, the mayor of Green Bay who should be in jail right now? I, these are the these are the legal parts of this argument that are very complicated, and I don't understand them all at a very deep level, so I won't go into it too deeply. But that's kind of where you're seeing these kind of thing, different things happen. So, so, so it was the, it was the the legislature that appointed the special counsel, correct? It's supposed to be the legislature. In this case, it was Voss who directly appointed the special counsel. So that's why so, you're seeing legal challenges to it. Okay, so unilaterally. So, you know, I, I guess I, I'm I'm confused as to why it was done that way. I wonder almost if, if Voss didn't do it unilaterally so that there would be these legal challenges to it when it came down the road. You know, Voss is up. He's obviously a swamp creature, you know. I mean, when it comes to branching, uh, he 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 spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars of the Wisconsin taxpayers' money on his own defense. Refuses to cover anything for Janelle Branchin. Obviously, he doesn't like Janelle Branchin. He doesn't even like the fact that they have to be doing this um, uh, this investigation. Um, but you know, I, I think that there is a, an opportunity here. I, I would imagine Janelle Branchin is not going to get stuck with this when it comes down to it. Uh, I think that you know she, she'll probably do a fundraiser. You know, worst comes to worst, and people are going to go ahead and cover her legal bills. But what can you tell us about this complaint that's been filed in Green Bay uh, in regards to the ballot harvesting? It's it's very interesting. So there there is um, very very solid, and I just lost it. Um, very, very solid legal groups here in Wisconsin, um, the Thomas More Society, uh, yes. who filed some, some previous legal briefs in Racine, and then they filed another one in, I think it was Oshkosh County, something like that. And they were, <laughs> the lawyers in this state are are so good at at playing Cracker Jack box games with, with the law. So 
they're, they play with jurisdiction. They play with standing. This, the same bullshit arguments in the Texas versus United States case, the, the standing, you can't prove harm. They're using the, the destruction of the legal system that was put into place for the last 50 years. Because if you study law in this country at, at a very, at any level, you understand that the left started destroying the constitution a very long time ago. <laughs> Very, very long time ago, well before Roe versus Wade, uh, Brown versus education is one example of the destruction of the rule of law in this country. It is they they have been working very hard to manipulate what truly is the law. So it's it's the legal games that these guys keep playing. And that's why you're seeing um, kind of some posturing back and forth now to, to, to Green Bay. This is the foundation of what can be proven with regards to nursing homes, with regards to ballot harvesting, um, uh, 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 drop boxes, and indefinitely confined. And then also the manipulation of the voter rolls can all be proven in Green Bay. So let's see where it goes. I mean, it's, you know, uh, it's when you finally can fight through all the the little legal hurdles that I'm sure if you talk to Sidney Powell and others, you know how deep this stuff is gone. I mean, they've used this against president Trump, this lawfare against president Trump and are still using it. We just had the more recent ruling in, in, uh, in New York in favor of president Trump several times. Yes. They don't care if the rule of law matters. All they care is that they can manipulate a narrative and say, you're under investigation for frivolous lawsuits and, and cause you to harm by having to come up with the money to defend yourself. And this is the thing, you know, again, it's only frivolous and it's only unnecessary and it's only something that can be attacked if it's people on the right that are asking the questions, people on the right that are using the legal system in the same way that the people on the left are using the legal system, because they're going to go against us every single day. Now, just because the system is rigged and just because they have tried to beat us in this game never should mean that we're going to give up or that we're going to, you know, take the extreme route. Uh, I need to say a couple of thank yous from over on Rumble. Uh, Yuri Naka said, Mike Church is a boomer who's typing in all caps. And I saw Mike say that uh, he, he actually agrees with us on our points. And I think maybe we changed his mind. But uh, also, he couldn't get the caps lock to stop working. It's okay, Mike. It happens to the best of us. Uh, and then Rick Acer says, we must declare the, we- the WEF, the World Economic Forum, as international terrorists. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that perhaps uh, once we get a new administration in here, once we get Trump back into office, there can be a conversation about um, you, you, extricating ourselves uh, in some fashion from the World Economic Forum and uh, taking away what power they have here. Obviously, you know, this is just a, another example of a, a, a world governing body. <clears throat> That is uh, doing everything they can to push us closer and closer to that one world government, uh, to an authoritarian system that is, uh, you know, as, as top down as you can possibly get. The, you know, we would be on the bottom of the pyramid and we can't uh, we, we can't afford for that to, to happen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I just watched it. I'm in this chat on Telegram and I just saw a meme pop up. Um, OK, so, uh, so I want I want to switch gears uh, to Kevin McCarthy because real quick. Yeah, go um, ahead. Just to summarize that again, this is very important because when I talked to uh, Donna, um, she's not I just met, no. <laughs> Brandenburg, um, the uh, future governor of yeah. Michigan, Brandenburg, 
Brandenburg. Thank yeah. you. Jeez. I wanted to say Brandon because I got Brandon in my head. Anyways, um, she was talking about how the precincts in, in in Michigan are being manipulated by the Ryan, by the establishment parties yes. there as well. So this bigger picture of I hope that we are all why we are understanding why getting local is important, because the foundation of the of the establishment parties, the Una party is at our precinct and local community and, and uh, Republican Party levels. We must get involved at those levels in order for us to make change. That's the bigger picture of what we're trying to deal with right now. All right, right on. Uh, and okay, so I, I want to just briefly touch on Kevin McCarthy because we've now got more leaked calls. Uh, this time it actually exposes Steve Scalise as well. And I think that it's an excellent example of, uh, you know, why we can't simply trust somebody because they tell us that they're a Republican. But it's also, uh, you know, going back to my argument, I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater and being able to separate things and play the game. Okay, Uh, Kevin McCarthy, that phone call came out saying that, you know, he was going to tell Trump to uh, to to resign after what happened on January 6th. He was talking to Liz Cheney. He wanted to protect Liz Cheney, have Twitter delete more uh, accounts of, of conservatives, Republicans in Congress. President Trump, you know, after these calls came out. He met with uh, with Kevin McCarthy. He said that he forgave him and uh, and and he said that he was going to, you know, just move on. OK, um, but then, you know, even after that, President Trump is still calling out Kevin McCarthy. How many times has President Trump caught somebody, a bad actor talking smack behind his back? OK, he take you know, allows him to come back and kiss the ring. All right. And then still is contentious with them in public. All right. It's because Kevin McCarthy will undoubtedly be useful to Donald Trump in some way. And Kevin McCarthy can be useful to our cause in certain ways. Doesn't mean that we have to believe that Kevin McCarthy is the end-all be-all of, uh, you know, California Republicans. But, you know, there's a reason that Kevin McCarthy's there. There's a reason that President Trump would uh, would say, okay, you know, whatever, Kevin, you said this, let's go ahead and get over it. Um, you know, obviously, we have to be careful of the people that are, you know, the in the leadership in Congress. Uh, we have to be careful of all Republicans because not every single one of them aligns with our values. Uh, and I think Kevin McCarthy is going to be looking at a challenge to his leadership coming up here in 2022. Uh, and he's going to get what what's coming to him. Uh, and uh, I'm perfectly OK with that. <clears throat> but it doesn't mean that we need to have this uh, long, drawn out public conversation of, you know, what it means to. Uh, you know, uh, watch President Trump allow Kevin McCarthy to kiss his ring just because President Trump associates with people. It's just like Epstein, just because President Trump has some tenuous association with a person doesn't mean that they're like on a level playing field and President Trump is standing shoulder to shoulder to them. I just think that's an important distinction. Indeed, it is. Um, you know, McCarthy, I always had a lot of respect for. He was one of the original Freedom Caucus members. He was he was um he helped write some great legislation um, and something changed in him. It, it seems to happen a lot when you, when you spend too much time in DC, uh, the swamp grabs you and you can't let free. It's, it's, you know, it's a different world over there. And it, so in order for people to survive in a world like that, you know, I don't, I don't know what decisions he had to make to, to survive. Right. So I'm not, I, I'm, I, I care less about that. I care more about the results. And so yeah. I stay focused on that. And the results under Kevin McCarthy are not that bad. There are some bad things that have happened, but for the most part, he has been a very effective blocker of a radical agenda. He has read He has rallied much of the caucus together and kept them, you know, it's very not easy to do, kept them working together, kept them voting together. Um, and it, during the time when he was a uh, majority, 
um, was very effective. I, there's, I can't think of a single thing that I would, I would criticize him for uh, as far as the results. So that's all I care about is, you know, um, the future of, of McCarthy. And we know I, I'm not defending him, so don't look at it that way. I'm just saying, um, you know, the bigger picture of what, what the results are, I can't complain with. But you're right. He's going to have a challenge to his to his rule and because the Freedom Caucus is still evolving and is still moving away from the establishment side of the party. And they are still trying to suck him back in. It's It's a really... It, it's it's a, the d- dynamic that's playing itself out is is really it's it's not just here in, in this country it's it's happening everywhere it's it's a re uh, rescheduling of power it's a rebalancing of power that is happening generation through generation it, it's kind of fun to watch and it's scary at the same time because man some of these people really don't want to let go of power. No, they don't, you know, and I think it's a teachable moment for Kevin McCarthy. You know, what he says privately should reflect what he says publicly. I know maybe that's a little bit too much to ask because people are undoubtedly going, especially politicians, you know, swamp rats. They're going to say one thing in public. They're going to say something else behind closed doors. Kevin McCarthy needs to learn a lesson here, and that's either he either needs to support his base, needs to support his president, uh, or he's going to find himself out on his ass and somebody else is going to be running against him. And I think there's a, a, a really good possibility that that's going to happen as a result of this. Steve Scalise, same thing. You know, Steve Scalise was held up as a hero for a long time because he got shot out there on that baseball field. Uh, but if, if Steve Scalise... Is, uh, is is saying privately that criticism of a bad Republican from Wyoming, um, Liz Cheney, if, if that is somehow illegal, well, Steve Scalise seems to have a, a tenuous grasp on what the laws are here in the United States. There's nothing illegal about criticizing people in power. But the Democrats and the rhinos apparently seem to think that there is something illegal about that. And so I think that what we need to do is uh, raise more criticism. Uh, we need to be as loud as we possibly can, and we need to use this as an opportunity to show them what we will and will not take. What am I going to accept? What am I going to allow from my elected officials? This is certainly not one of those things. Kevin McCarthy will be there until the point that he's not, and hopefully when he leaves, it's going to be because an America first, Trump-supporting, American people-supporting candidate comes in and takes his place. Abe, we are basically at the end of the show, buddy, so I want to let you tell everybody what you got coming up. Yeah, just quick comment. Uh, the the Whatever comes out of D.C. is House of Cards stuff, and it's always something else behind it, so I just, you know... Consider that also in your in your calculus. Uh, later on this afternoon, I'm trying to get uh, John Patel Patriot on later on this evening. We'll try to see if we can line that up. If not today, then later on this week. Going into next week, we're going to continue to bring more. I'm going to be having Donna, more more speakers from Threadfest, joining the show as well to talk about their experience and their future as well. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so every day, uh, Monday through Friday, four east, four central, five eastern for a two hour show. We kind of. Uh, for the most part, if there's not a whole lot that's like important to talk about, I talk about everything that's important and get as much information out there to you as possible. So thanks for being here today, guys, with us. Really appreciate all the comments out there. I am not a rhino lover. I look at things from different <laughs> perspectives. With that, I'll see you guys later on t- tonight. Abe is, Abe is definitely not a rhino lover. I'm not a rhino lover either. And uh, Kevin McCarthy needs to be replaced. You know, uh, President Trump, uh, as we have seen, has made a habit, uh, you know, probably through necessity of continuing to work with people that he doesn't necessarily align with and who don't always support him. But President Trump is a skilled businessman and an excellent tactician. He's going to use people in 
government, okay, and in Washington, D.C., in the way that he needs to and in the way that he can. So I think that we should take advantage of this as much as we possibly can. And also, we should be following President Trump's lead on certain things, not everything. But I tend to think that the man is a a great politician, okay? And he's a great politician because he's not a career politician. He didn't get involved in politics so that he could get glory for himself, so that he could increase the size of his bank account. President Trump came to Washington, D.C. to return power to the American people and to spur on the action that we needed to save this country ourselves. It's us. It's only us. God bless you all. Thank you so much for being here. Let me go ahead and uh, go through the thank yous over on Fox. Oh, also... On uh, on uh, Rumble, Lisa Lady says, Hi, Red, my birthday was yesterday. Uh, God is good. I miss you. God bless your family. God bless you and your family as well, Lisa Lady. Happy birthday. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you for being here. Luann V says, uh, Wow, Zach, looking nice and tan. Florida agrees with you. Yes, I'm going to go out and get some more sun today. Scout65 says, LOL, Abe, I wouldn't know whose hand to shake first if you two were together. Both fantastic. We would probably have our arms around each other, and uh, you can take your pick. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, Nikki the Greek, thank you for that cookie. Sean Joe as well. Liberty Bell says, I love you too. Thank you for all your hard work. Thank you very much for being here. Switchrod says, Tower of Babel version 2.0. Trust and obey, man. Distrust and verify. Sorry, you know, you mean, you're not saying anything that uh, I disagree with. Uh, you know, I, I always say that you guys need to verify, and I don't want anybody to blindly follow anyone. I think that's the problem with Elon Musk, is people are, are saying, you know, oh my gosh, you know, Elon is a good dude, and we need to follow everything that he does and follow his lead, you know, or they're immediately saying, like, I will never think that anything Elon Musk does is good. Uh, so no, we're on the exact same page, all right? You have to be skeptical about everything, because that's what I do, you know, I mean, and like, that's why I like having people on that I disagree with so that I can question them and ask them where they're coming from. Because otherwise, people are just going to go out and, um, you know, do PR uh, appearances. Uh, so thank you, Switchrod. We're on the same page, dude. Electric Soul, greetings from Arizona. Empress says, paying my late fees. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Lou Ann V says, tell Abe I'm planning to buy my pillow items next week and will use his code. There you go, Abe. Uh, Karen Hare says, RP78, I have a video, I'll DM you, okay, please. Dale Burse here, thanks for the can. Uh, M Lang 1001 says, amen on the we've all made mistakes, uh, speech. Love you, RP. I love you too. You know, we've all done something that we wish we could take back. The, the key thing to do in every situation like that is to accept your mistakes, to atone for them, and to learn how you can grow and change as a person. Because every single one of us has been in a position, you know, there are things that certainly, uh, you know, I don't know how it's possible to attain for crimes against children, uh, murdering somebody in cold blood. Those are things that, you know, I don't really know uh, unless you somehow become like a, a scared straight um, actor and you, and you appear to show kids what they don't want to do. But, you know, the families are always going to be affected by those things. Singing Pretty says, uh, keeping you in my prayers, even though I don't get here much. Nice shirt. Thank you for being here. Insight Gino, thank you for the can. Daisy Chain says, cheers. PQuest, uh, thanks for the cookie. Switchrod says, uh, what about the WHO, WEF, UN, EUA, superseding nation sovereignty regarding pandemics? I mean, what about it? I, I, obviously, I think that we are all on the same page with that. Those are organizations that I think are absolutely evil and that the United States, uh, as a sovereign nation, should not be supporting and should not be allowing into their borders or to create rules, regulations, laws, policies that supersede our sovereignty. 
United States, America first. I will always tell you that. America first. No other country on this planet should come before the, uh, uh, the, the goals and, uh, and, and the, um, and the you know, I don't know, uh, the desires of the United States because we're Americans. You know, we got to support us. If America doesn't exist, if we don't have our rights, our, our liberties, and our freedoms, then America's done for. And uh, yeah, it'll probably be taken over by all those, uh, those, those agencies that you just mentioned. Uh, and then Switchrod, uh, thank you very much, says also our election fraud, Durham, McCarthy, Twitter, et cetera, distractions, diversions from NWO moves. No, absolutely not. Uh, there are issues all over the place. OK, and this is a, this is a thing that I actually wanted to mention uh, as well. People get so hung up on like one thing. All right. Like this one thing that, you know, say, you know, my thing is election fraud. That's all I talk about is election fraud. It's all about 2020. 2020 is the only thing we should be paying attention to. That's a distraction, okay? All of these things are not mutually exclusive. They are all important, and they, in some aspect, need to be addressed. Yes, you can pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time, okay? You can walk and chew gum at the same time. You can uh, consider all of these problems and how you can take part in solving them all at the same time. Uh, the problem is, the distraction is, when somebody tells you that any one of them are the only thing that we should be paying attention to. That's the problem. Uh, Sam's new one, thank you for the can. Empress says, just because. Sean Joe, thanks for the cookie. Empress again with the cookie. Miss Brandy J, Empress, Empress, Empress. Thank you so much, guys. Khaleesi2020 with the shades. A. Allen at Godwins, thanks for the can. Empress, thanks for another cookie. And she also says, Abe and RP, you are awesome. And then Switchrod says, Zach, I do love you both all. I trust God alone. However, and that's the truth, my friend, okay? You got to trust God and you have to use your own discernment. You make alliances. You do what you need to do to prepare for the inevitable future because things are always going to get rough at some point. We ebb and flow uh, uh, hills and valleys. Uh, and there are so many different ways that you personally can be invested and involved in helping to fix the planet. Okay, there are so many problems, and if you only consider, you know, uh, uh, you know how bad everything is, everything will be insurmountable, and we'll never be able to overcome, and and we won't win. But there is enough of us. Okay, 330 million Americans. Think about the collective power that we have, Abe. Think about what kind of power we'll have when we get all of these incredible America First candidates into Washington, D.C., who were spurred on, who were inspired by President Trump, maybe inspired by shows like ours. They get to Washington, and they will wield tremendous power. And that will be their goal. That will be their job on how they're going to help fix uh, our, our beautiful planet and save our amazing country. Now we got to figure out what we do here on the outside. The lower lows that we are likely going to be facing in the in the coming uh, months, if not uh, years, is only going to make the higher of highs much more enjoyable. Okay, I love you guys. Thank you very much for being here. Let me go ahead and pass out these gold pills, Abe. I want to let you know how much I appreciate your presence on this program, and obviously, it wouldn't be the same if you weren't here. Gold pills have been released. I will see you guys at 3.30 on Patriot Soapbox, and then I'll see you later on tonight with another episode of Red Pill News. Good luck, everyone, and God bless. Never stop fighting.